we're just going to kind of jump right in tonight to what we've been looking at for the last 10 weeks, speaking on health and healing, or we've had, we had been straight 10 weeks, but we've had 10 sessions where we've talked about health and healing and looked at the different manifestations of healing in the ministry of Jesus. In his ministry, um, there were 19 documented healings, um, different accounts of those healings, but 19 different ones where faith was involved. And we're going to look at only one tonight. But this, this healing, this is the healing of the man that was born blind. The man that was born blind. And this healing, um, or th this is found in, in John chapter 9, and it's the only account in the Gospels of this man. Um, but he takes up the whole chapter talking about this guy. <clears throat> and um, before we get into that, just remember this. I mentioned it to you on Sunday. That we are built for the battle. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. We're built for the battle. Whatever battle, whatever is up against us, whatever we're faced with in life, we're built for that. Amen. And you can handle and overcome any and every situation that you face. Absolutely. Nothing that you weren't built for to overcome. Amen? So tonight, I, wa I want to look at this, and we're actually, I'm just going to read through the whole chapter. 41 verses. And so we're going to start with verse 1. Let's just, let's just get into it. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man. This is, this is uh, John chapter 9 and verse 1. Jesus passed by, saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, in that day, and, you know, I, I think maybe even in this day, maybe in some groups of people or whatever, but in that day, if there was something wrong with you, then there was something wrong with you. If there was something physically wrong with your body, there was some type of, of ailment in your body or, or, or some type, uh, something deformed in your body or you were blind or you were deaf or whatever, there was something wrong. There was sin in your life. And that's the way they viewed it. Um, it was a, a man-made idea. It was not a God idea. Because when this question is asked, Jesus said this, Neither the man nor his parents sinned. Do you, think that, do you think that the parents and the man, do you think that they had ever sinned? Yeah. He didn't say they'd never sinned. But it wasn't the sins of the father or the son that caused his blindness. 
But is there a reason why this man was blind? Yeah, or he'd see. Right? So tonight we're going to look at, we're going to look at the faith involved in this man receiving his sight, the healing that was manifested. We're going to look at a number, another other things as we read through this. And then I want to look at something that Jesus is talking about here that actually the people of that day, they understood because we're going to read two short passages out of the Old Testament that talk about sins and how they affect people's lives. So bear with me. We're going to get through this. So he said, neither. Neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no, no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and he made clay with the saliva. He's, there he goes spitting again, right? And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Shalom, which is translated sent. So he was sent, and then he went. And he washed, and he came back seeing. So he was instructed what to do. He heard what to do, but he was in, and he was instructed what to do, but he did what he was instructed to do because he had faith that what Jesus told him to do would work. But if you notice, when Jesus was saying, when he was saying that the works of God should be revealed in him, and that he, Jesus, must work the works of him who sent me while it is still the day, when he was saying that, those works hadn't been worked yet. When he was saying that to him, there was something that needed to be worked out in this man, and there was something that I was called, Jesus was called to do in the earth, and where that man was concerned, it hadn't been done yet when he was saying all that. Think, that, think about that as we, as we keep reading. <clears throat> Therefore, the neighbors... And those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I'm he. (laughs) No, hey, it's me. I couldn't see and now I see. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus... A man called Jesus, he made clay, he spit in the dirt, he made clay, anointed my, oil, my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Pretty cut and dry, pretty simple. 
shouldn't have been much more conversation, but there's about 30 more verses. Then he said, um, then he said to him, where is he? He said, I, I don't know. They, they brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now, it was, a, it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Oh, here we go. Man, he healed him on church day. These people hadn't seen healings in hundreds of years. And you're going you're gonna to bicker over what day he did it? Man. <clears throat> and then, therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath, meaning Jesus. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner, so they're calling him a sinner, do such signs? And there was a division among them. They said to the, the, the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, he's a prophet. We know the Jews didn't like that. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? Who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know this is our son, and that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He'll speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. So they were concerned about being excommunicated from the church. If they acknowledged Jesus and who he truly was. So they said, yeah, it's our son, but you ask him. See, the, the son had been blind and wasn't that active in the church anyway, in the synagogue, so it didn't matter to him. All he knew is he could see. And he was all about it. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, whew, now I see. Jesus made this statement in Scripture. He said, If you love me, the world's going to think you're a nut. Hmm? If you love me. The system's going to think you're a nut. The church world. If you're tied to people that believe in faith and healing and deliverance and being set free in your life and, and getting on top of situations, you're, you're, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to become against. You're going to be challenged. I mean, these guys are hitting this thing from... How many times have they asked him this? They knew he was blind. I don't know. They're calling him a man. I don't know how old he is. But he was born blind. And man, when somebody's born blind, man, they've got all kinds of, you know, 
weird things that, 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 that they acquire from being blind. Strange things. People that look at them think that there's strange things about them because of that. I'm not saying they're strange. You understand? They know this is him. Not all of that has been transformed in the moment. They know it's him. Because he can see. There's no question. I can see. And they asked him, they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? (laughs) Then they reviled him and said, you're his disciples, but we're Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses, as for this fella, as for this fella, as for this fella, this is the son of God. This is the head of the church. This is the third part of the triune being. As for this guy, this thing over here, we do not know where he is from. I love the man's answer right here. The man answered and he said to them, Why? This is a marvelous thing. That you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and you're teaching us? And they cast him out. Now, Jesus heard that they cast him out, kicked him out of the church. Actually, they excommunicated him is what that means. They gave him the left foot drop kick of fellowship. (laughs) This guy had been born blind, and he was healed, and they kicked him out because he was healed. And Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He'd never heard about the Son of God. He said, do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, who is he? Lord, that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who, you, who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see And that those who see may be made blind. I'm going to read that verse again. Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, 
are we blind also? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see. Therefore, your sin remains. Now go back to the beginning just for a second. And I want to read those first just uh, three or four verses. Jesus said in verse 1, as Jesus passed, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, in other words, that caused the blindness, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Now, I want to, we're going to come back to this, this statement, but I want to look at a couple things in the Old Testament that I feel like are vital to understanding what Jesus was really saying. You know, as a pastor, as a pastor of this church, I'm called to help you become biblically literate. Agreed? To where you believe that the Word of God answers everything that you face. Every question you have, every issue you have, it's in there. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you're 80 years old, if you're 50 years old, if you're 30 years old, if you're 15 years old, if you're 5 years old, it doesn't matter what your age is. The Holy Spirit is the relative one that can reveal to everybody the truth about every issue in life, no matter what it is. Most people don't understand what sin is. They don't understand what sin is. In the last few weeks in whatever service, I've read you the definition in the Bible of sin. When a man, in, in, it's in James uh, 4, Something, 17 or something. And, and it says, when a man knows to do right and doesn't, it's sin. When a, when a man knows to do what's right and they don't do it, then it's sin. When I was, when I was early on in my walk with God, I would come across even passages like this. And I would read that and I would look at it and it was like, you know, I learned early on to ask God to reveal to you what Scripture is saying, what the revelation of specific Scriptures are saying, you know, in, in life. And, and know those Scriptures and know what they mean and, and, and know how to apply the Scripture. And so I would, I would get the Word of God and I would get specific word and I didn't understand certain things and I would ask God about it and I mean sometimes it was five or ten or fifteen years before revelation really came to me right and I I really believe that that's because I wasn't ready to handle what it was I needed to see it's that way with everybody 
See, see, that's why the scripture says if you just don't quit, you're going to reap. But the reaping has to be in line with the revelation of the word, not just the knowledge of it. A real popular question that a little child will ask is, where do babies come from? Hmm? Little children will ask questions, where do, where do babies come from? And, and then adults get kind of weirded out and try to figure out, you know, give them a stork version or some kind of deal, because why? They're not ready to handle it. Right? Little child not ready to handle where a baby comes from. How many in here know where a baby comes from? What's got to happen? All that kind of stuff. And the little tyke's not ready to handle it. Got the questions. Okay, God, show me that. Reveal that to me. You're not ready. You're just a little tyke in a big body. Right? And God wants us to understand that he's got understanding and revelation. He wants to get over to us about health and healing and how to walk in this no matter what comes against us, no matter what people say, no matter how people try to attack you in any way, shape, or form, he wants you to be able to overcome and walk in divine health. But as we get and gain revelation, then there are challenges in our life because as revelation comes, so is areas of your life that begin to be exposed. Somebody can say something like this. I've heard this many times. Well, you know, that, that person, they're, they're sick or they're not able to overcome something in their life because of the sin in their life. Jesus said no. Jesus said with these parents and this son, that wasn't the case. And in the situations that people are talking about, well, you know, if there wasn't sin in their life, you know, if they, if, they, if they got born again and they learned about the things of God, then there wouldn't be sin in their life. No. Absolutely not. And we have to understand that and process that so that we know how to not only be able to receive for ourselves, but help other people receive. Now, what did Jesus say? When we look at that verse again, that the, the one we just read, after he said it wasn't the, the parents or the, or the son, he said, he said, but the works of God must be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is, it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Oh, what we've been talking about, about coming to the light. Right? Jesus is the light of the world. His word reveals light. It, it exposes things and shows us who we are and what we need to change. Can, can real sin hinder you from receiving from God? Absolutely. What's real sin? Knowing what's right. These people didn't know what was right. These people had no clue. They just figured they were bad people and so that they were blind, that their son was blind, born blind. They didn't know. You're not held accountable for what you don't know. You're held accountable for what you know and what you do with what you know. 
Can you say amen? amen. So I want to read this verse in the Old Testament talking about Moses. It's found in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6, verse 6 and 7. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, this is Moses, the Lord, the, the Lord God merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. There's a point here that I think has to be gotten. And you may need to spend some time meditating and thinking on this. But I'm going to take my family, the family that, I, that my, my mother's family and my father's family that I came from, and at the time that I was presented the gospel at about 18 years old, nobody that I knew of, nobody that I knew of, there, there was some religion but nobody that I knew of was born again in my family. Nobody that I knew of. And I didn't say that there, there wasn't, maybe somebody was and I just didn't know, but nobody that I knew of was born again in any of my family. And at almost 18 years old, I got born again and something began to change. And... generationally, I've seen some things on both sides of my family that go way back that are generational curses, and generational curses are generational spirits that get passed on and things get handed down from one generation to the next until, until the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ begins to shine in somebody and something changes. But just because something changes doesn't mean in that moment that somebody got born again that all curses just come to a screeching halt. Jesus became the curse for us, but those demonic spirits and those curses get passed on, he said, to the third and the fourth generations. And what, what are those sins? They're the sins of fathers that disobeyed. If a, if, if a father just takes something in the natural, if, if a father remains, say, a drug addict, and he raises his kids and they become drug addicts, and they raise their kids and they become drug addicts, the sins of the father that didn't change gets passed down for three to four generations. And that's something that happens even today if you disobey. 
You say, what, what did you bring that up for? Because of something in this passage in John 9 that Jesus was saying that we've got to get. And we've got to get this to live in the light and realize that our past, my past, all my generational past, all my fathers or whatever, I put a stop to that thing. Now, all my family is saved. All my children, my nieces, my nephews, they're all born again. All that I know of, they're all born again. All of, all of them. We put a stop to this thing. But what we've realized is it takes time to dig up and dig out the things that were planted there from generations past. Man, I'm telling you today, the freedom and the liberty and what you have to fight for, say this again, I'm built for the battle. I'm telling you, this isn't being born again and just kind of, you know, skidding into church and showing up whenever you want to. It's about coming and changing the way you think to the point that you really believe this stuff. It's not just something you heard preached, but it changes the way you think so that you can change the direction of your life and your children's, children's, children's lives. I believe it. I mean, that there's no end to what will happen when we believe the truth, when we believe the truth. What did Jesus say in, that, in, the, in, the, in the first part of that passage? He said, neither this man nor his parents sin, but the works of God should be revealed in this man. When I started trying to take what God had given me and ministering it to my family, I started with my oldest sister. She was a bartender at the time. And she said, she'd say, yeah, yeah, but you, you don't know what I've done. You don't, you don't know all the things and the people and the stuff and the mess and the, all this stuff. You don't know all the things that I've done. No, 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 but, but I'm just talking about how good he was. See, see, she didn't see what she needed to see to be set free. She didn't see what she needed to see to be set free because it had not been revealed in her. We're not held accountable for what, for, for what we don't know. We're held accountable for what we know and what we do with what we know. So, at the end of this passage, when Jesus said, for judgment... I have come into this world that those who do not see, like my sister, like this man, like his parents, for all those who do not see and those who see may be, may be blind. No, I didn't, I didn't read that right. He said, for judgment I've come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. What? I'm going to read it again. That those 
who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. Because watch what he said. The Pharisees, wherever they were, they may have just been outside the door after they kicked him out of the church. But whatever, they're sitting out there, and, and they evidently heard this because then they said, then some of them said, um, are we blind also? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, like the blind man, watch this, you would have no sin. See, because it wasn't sin that caused him to be blind. And I'll just, and, and, and I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm going to read this verse and come right back to this. But this verse is found in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good, healing all who were what? Oppressed by the devil. Anything that is not right with somebody, I don't care what it is, anything physical that is not right with a human being, it's oppressive. I mean, I've heard people say, well, you know, this person was born blind and, you know, they're just this special person. They are. Special, 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 special person. But the blindness is not of God. The blindness is not of God. There's something that he said. Now, I'm staying inside the scriptures when I'm saying this. Don't get mad at me. I'm just I'm staying in the scripture. It wasn't their sin that caused him to be blind. Every ugly, dark situation turns into an opportunity for the power of God. I don't care what it is. No matter what comes against us. But leading up to the manifestation, it's got to be revealed in the person who he is, who they are, who God is, the revelation of the word. By his stripes, I'm healed. I have a right to be free of pain. I have a right to be on top and live on top and not underneath all of the garbage and the pain and the suffering and everything that's involved. It's got to be revealed. Remember the kid? Where do babies come from? Well, you know, we'll talk about that at another time. They're not ready. See, God wants you to become ready. He wants you to take things you hear like this tonight and process them and put them down inside of you and get you to realize it's not sin of your past that's keeping things from happening. What, what causes things not to happen and cause you to become blind so that then you can see Sorry, i got to go back. Remember, anything that's sickness, anything that's disease, it's oppressive. Jesus delivered. 1 John 3, 8, write it down and go look at it. The Son of God was manifested for this purpose, to destroy every work of the enemy. Jesus went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Sickness and disease and deformity of any kind is oppressive. And his desire is that we would live well. But we'll never live well when we don't admit to the fact like the blind man who began to see. He saw because he did when he was blind 
what the master said. Jesus was called to work these works and see these things come to pass and to happen. But when he was saying that, and when he spit in the dirt and he put it in the man's eyes, the man's eyes were not open. The man was blind. What did those blessed Pharisees say? Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you'd have no sin. But because you think you see and you know better and you know it all and you don't need the Savior to open your eyes and reveal to you who he really is, then you remain in your sin. It's the sin of pride and disobedience and not rising up and becoming what God created you to be. Because in this passage, he said, again, he said, for judgment I've come into this world that those who do not see may see like the blind man and that those who see may be made blind and then an opportunity by the power of God to see. The thing that keeps us from receiving everything that God has for us is that we think we already know. And when you think you already know, you think you already see clearly and you see, you have to become blind, is what Jesus said. Spiritually speaking, you have to become like you don't see anything. Admit to that so that the power of God can cause you to see and reveal things to you that you've never seen before. Because Jesus' whole statement about this man had to do with, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. And Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. He worked them, he did it all, and now you and I must work those same works. You and I must do the exact same things. We must live the exact same way that Jesus lived. And what happened for this blind man, was, was, was he a real blind man in the history of the world? Yes? This is not a story, this is not just some analogy that Jesus was giving. This was a real blind man that had been blind from birth, and his eyes were opened up to see. And Jesus took this story and took a whole chapter to get us to be aware of whatever you think you know, you know nothing like you need to know it. Whatever you think you see, you, you see nothing like you need to see it in him. See, that, that's, not a, that's not a slam on what you know. It's you not getting in pride and thinking you see clearly because what has to happen is you have to become blind to a certain area to where you get rid of the wrong information and the wrong ideas so that it can be opened up and revelation come to you so you can see clearly what's really real. There's only one way. Jesus. He's the way and the truth and the life. How many know that? Amen? One last verse.
when I was reading that out of Exodus. There's another one that's similar to it in the book of Jeremiah. I just want to read this to you and just kind of drive the same point home. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. You show loving kindness to thousands and repay the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. There are many things in the earth that God allows that he doesn't like. There are many things because of the sins of people, the disobedience in fathers, like he's, ta- he's talking about here, the disobedience in fathers. Can, can my life affect everybody behind me? Oh, absolutely, in a huge way. Whether they choose to believe. And, and, and I feel like the, the, the farther I walk in the things of God, I, I've come to this place where I realize, Lord, I, I, I want to I be blind again. I want to act like I know nothing the way I need to know it. I, I, I want to come to that place to where I'm constantly seeing through what you're revealing. Not just what seems right. Not just, not just what is off of somebody else's revelation. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. You glean from people all the time. But man, you've got to have it personally for you. You've got to see clearly. Because I don't want the sins of the past to stay with me. Did you hear me? Because when the sins of the past stay with you, you stay sick. You stay broke. You stay poor. You stay overwhelmed. And God wants you and I delivered of these things so that, he said here, the great, the mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts, you are great in counsel and mighty in work, For your eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit, I love this word, according to the fruit of his doings. That's where we're rewarded. According to the fruit of our doings. Do you think that that blind man, do you think that that guy That guy, I mean, he woke up one morning. Let's just say he was 29, probably living with his parents. And every day for 29 years, he'd woken up and he couldn't see. And this day, not only did his eyes open, But that day, he took part of the down payment of being born again. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross then. But he said, I believe that you're the son of God. (laughs) I mean, no teaching, no revelation. hmm? But this man's walking around, and they're following him everywhere he goes. Now, how did he do it? And what did he do? And you know he did it on the Sabbath. And you know, that's not right for that to happen. I mean, they're going on and on and on. 
hey, I don't know what you wrong with you guys. All I know is I was blind and now I see. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. You ridiculous Pharisees. Come on. He believed. I believe. I mean, who is the Son of God? He said, do you believe in the, in the, in the Son of God? Who is he? And he tells him and he goes, man, what you did for me, man, I mean, you got to be him. And he received him. I'm telling you, the faith in that man right there, the faith in that man right there was because of the faith of Jesus. And other people's faith are waiting on your faith to arise and you to have that revealed and you to take the attitude that, you know what? I'm not seeing clearly in this. I've gotten, I've gotten rusty in this. I've gotten too familiar with Scripture and I've gotten whatever. Man, I'm going back to that place where I didn't see anything. And I want to grow into a new place in revelation and understanding like, I, like I've never seen it. Because the Bible says, if any man think he knows anything, let him think that he knows nothing as he ought to know it. And you keep that in your life, you stay pure. Sin has no dominion over your life. You know in Romans 5 where it says, sin shall not have dominion over me. Amen? Amen? Not. And what is sin? It's not, it's not the acts of what people call sin. It's disobeying what you know is right. Why would I want to be that? Because you think you've got it all together. You think you can handle this thing. I mean, I mean, at different times in my walk with God, I've seen Christian leaders fall to sexual sins and different kinds of things through the years. I've seen all kinds of things like that happen. I'm thinking, what are you meditating on? What are you looking at? People are looking to you. You preach the word and they're looking to you. What are you doing with that? We can't ever get lax and don't think for a second. Don't be judging nobody else. Don't think for a second that couldn't happen to you if you get your eyes off him. Today I declare that we hear clearly and we see clearly and we have understanding that is revealed to us by the Holy Ghost. How many believe that tonight? Father, I thank you that when we started this service tonight, as we spoke over every person, I declared that people are pain-free tonight and that their bodies are well. I know it, I believe it, and I receive it on their behalf. I thank you that your word never returns void, but it always accomplishes what you've set it out to accomplish. We give you glory and honor and praise tonight. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said...